Welcome back, Ironcast listeners. Hi, we, everyone. Hey, Shana. <laughs> it's good to be in the same room with you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're going to cover this really interesting Psalm 1. But uh, before we do that, the kind of the main imagery here, the metaphor is, uh, or is it simile? Now my brain is torn. He is like, Shana. That's a simile, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, technically yeah. that is a simile. Yep. Hey. Here we are with a simile of that the person that's blessed is like a tree. Mm-hmm. So real quick, listener, you're in your car. Think about movies or books where the tree is an important part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I'm giving Shana five seconds to try and outdo me in, in terms of thinking through, because she is the literary genius on, on, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> so, so I'm going to name one, and then you can name one, Shana, and let's we'll see who can go further. Okay, so my first one is Lord of the Rings, mm. the white tree. Okay. Not to mention Treebeard, of course. Mm-hmm. The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. You just made me think of Avatar, you know, where they that's the tree that gives oh. life to the whole planet practically. Sure. They're all intertwined. Okay. The movie Pocahontas, where her grandmom, mm-hmm. like, is the tree somehow. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> You're talking to a millennial. My apologies. <laughs> that's awesome. So Forrest Gump. That one oh, surprises you, yeah. right? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Why where, is it important? Well, that's where he lays Jenny to rest, right? Uh, we're talking about like under that tree or... Well, oh, actually, it's their tree where yeah. they're... Yeah. Where they fall in love. Well, they, they play as children yes. and then... Yeah. Yes. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Mm. One of my most favorite novels. The Lorax. That counts, right? Oh, my gosh. Of course. Yes. That's like... I think that counts twice. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Hmm. Uh-oh. Yes. I think it might be did out. I stump you? <laughs> you did. Oh, no. <laughs> that one goes out to Paul Frick. <laughs> hey, Paul, we're not allowed to call out people on the podcast. <laughs> it's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> they all get edited anyway, except for maybe this one, right, Owen? <laughs> so what's fascinating is that Scripture loves trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We have the tree of life and you have the tree of good and evil. Mm-hmm. It's all throughout the Old Testament, uh, in the New Testament, as we're going to see. And it, it's at the very end in Revelation where, you know, the tree of life is all along the river. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many of them. But this imagery of trees, you know, it's even where kings were anointed and proclaimed that this is the king, is the king of the tree of Mamre, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So these, this is very significant places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Jesus sees someone from afar, he sees them sitting under an olive tree, right? And he knows them. It's kind of this imagery of peace, of shalom, uh, to be sitting under a tree. And uh, here we have in Psalm 1, if you could read to us the simile that gives the picture of the whole psalm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Psalm 1 starts out, at least in the ESV, it has uh, this little subtitle, The Way of the Righteous and the Wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay. Yeah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
you know, I was talking to Darren. He, there was so much from the sermon, mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't even know where to begin because I had so many notes, and mm-hmm. uh, I needed a focus. Mm-hmm. And his heartbeat for the sermon, why he chose this passage, mm-hmm. is basically in verse uh, 3 that says that this tree is, yields its fruit mm-hmm. in its season, and his hope is that our church would be fruitful mm-hmm. this year, and that people's lives, that they would see fruit. But this idea of fruitfulness, do you remember how Darren describes what fruit is yes it's different i think he said than normal indicators of Mm -hmm. of success Mm -hmm. it it looks a little bit different so right he says it is essential uh that you bear fruit and he says you know how do you bear fruit and he says it it means changing in Mm -hmm. some way he mentions uh transformation um giving the image of the butterfly or the caterpillar and he also said that fruit is something that's useful to others. Yes, life-giving. Life-giving yes. to others. And that that's key because there's some things that we do, we can achieve success and it doesn't, it's not life-giving. Right. You know, it's right. just kind of, it, it sucks your soul. Like I was just reading a recent study on influencers, people on the internet who have these jobs where they're either gaming and people are watching them or they're they're just so popular that, you know, products and services want to pay them mm-hmm. to just be popular so that people get view, you know, give him views and mm-hmm. watch him and, and mm-hmm. promote, but they're exhausted. These influencers are exhausted and they're yeah. burning out because it's just, what they're doing is, is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not life giving enough to them. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it's life giving to other people, but to them it's draining them. So there's gotta be some sort of sustainability where, as we see in this tree, like this water that mm-hmm. I'm planted near is flowing into me. Mm-hmm. And yet I I'm, I'm bearing fruit that's, mm-hmm that's beneficial to others at the same time. Yeah. And so I feel like some of the things that we're involved in, maybe you're bearing fruit, but just not sustainable and we're yeah. burning out. And, um, cause we're not, we're not close to that river. We're not getting the source that we need, the nutrients that we need. Uh, we're just giving without receiving. Yeah. To quote Darren, he says, when the Christian regularly has an encounter with God in some way, things will change in you that give life to the world. And that life is fruit. And so, and then he jumps into that passage in Ephesians that when the spirit is at work in you, change will happen and you'll begin to naturally emit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Yeah. I, what surprised me is when he said that every time we open the Bible, God wants to change us. Yes. Right. <laughs> I thought, I don't know if I really, you know, that sounds kind of dangerous, you know, right. Like, I better be careful opening this book. Right. And he connected that back to the beginning. One of his opening questions was, what is one thing you want to see happen this year? One change? Think of that thing. Maybe it's a tangible thing. And he says, this is what you mean when you hear the word blessed, right? You having that thing, you attaining that thing, that's blessing. But then the ironic twist is, he says, when I, when you begin to open up your Bible and God begins to change you, sometimes what God wants for us in terms of change is like the diametric opposite mm. of what we dream for ourselves. And I did feel like Darren set us up right there. Yeah. Like he was almost <laughs> like, Hey, think about your dream that God is really excited about. And, uh, what is God dreaming about? Right. What is God hopeful for yeah. in your life? I'm reading this book by John Eldridge about prayer and, and moving mountains. And we asked this question, what is God's will? Mm-hmm. What is his will for my life? And John Eldridge highlights through scripture that God wants you to grow up. Mm. He wants you to mature. You know, every time I tell Elizabeth, my wife, I'd say, hey, Vera is, I just, she's so precious. I don't want her to grow up. She looks so, so cute in that little onesie, you know, or <laughs> right. whatever. And uh, she says, well, actually, you know, if she doesn't grow up, she'll die. 
You know, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yep, I love the realism. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that we were designed to grow mm-hmm. and to change right, and to mature. Right. And Vera and I had that great conversation the other day cause she's listening to the Olaf song, mm-hmm. uh, from, from, uh, frozen two. Mm-hmm. And it uses the word mature. And she's like, what's mature mean? And I, that was a hard one to describe to a five-year-old, but I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of when your emotions don't control you. Yeah. It's just one example. I just off the top of my head, I just threw that out there. And the other day we were out and we were sledding with some other Ironworks people. And uh, <laughs> thank you for Patrick for inviting us to to sled on, on dirt. <laughs> it was really great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we were going down and we, we pretty much crashed and <laughs> Vera started to cry. Mm-hmm. And when we got up and I thought she had cried enough. And I was like, you know, I said, I said, um, you know, remember about being mature and being mm-hmm. able to control your emotions. And she just silenced. She just wow. stopped crying right there. Yeah. And um, I just thought that was interesting. You yeah. know, why does she want to be mature? Sure. Like, why doesn't she want to just keep crying? You know, right. what, what puts it in her mind that it's better to be mature? And then we just have this idea of that there's something better. Mm-hmm. When we grow and mm-hmm. we change and we transform. Yeah. You know. So Sheena, I brought something else in here today. Mm. What 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 do you describe from our, our <laughs> listeners what it is since they can't see it? So our friend Rob, uh walked through the Franklin Commons wearing a hat, gloves, a jacket, and wielding an axe. Yes, I have a giant axe that I borrowed from uh, Josh Williams. Sorry, I, you know, I just raided your garage without your knowing it. But anyway, here it is. <laughs> and, um, and I want, really wanted to bring weight to our topic today because our topic sounded kind of gentle and hopeful and positive mm-hmm. and you know, hey, 2020, anything's possible. Let's change. Let's become better. <laughs> and as I thought about it, I was like, well, what's at stake here? I mean, mm-hmm. the psalmist is really pointing out some tough stuff, like, a, you know, the dichotomy of the two things of wickedness and yeah. righteousness here. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, he brings out this story, a parable that I find really uh helpful in Luke 13, verse six through nine, he uh, is telling this story. He says, uh, Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and Mm -hmm. found none. Mm -hmm. And he said to the vine dresser, look for three years now, I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none cut it down. Mm -hmm. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then (laughs) if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Mm. A couple other places, Jesus says, you know, when that tree gets chopped down, it's going into the fire. Yeah. Uh, and, And so... This is a little bit different than, you know, an annual review. A friend of mine just got a review, just got a promotion, and, you know, it's all good. Sometimes you get a review and you're not doing too well and you kind of get a warning. Right. This is like, if there's no fruit, you're you're withering, mm-hmm. you're dying, you're not helping anyone, mm-hmm. and the end is death. I mean, it's really, you know, and it gets worse than that as, as the scriptures show. So mm-hmm. there's a lot at stake here for our fruitfulness in our lives, and we can't just mess around and, like, hope for next year will be better. Like, mm-hmm. we need to bear fruit this year.
Anyway, so I just wanted to kind of throw in there what's at stake. This, it's like a big deal of what this psalmist is talking about. He's talking about evil. We're not talking about good and evil when we get a review at work. We're talking about, did you, you know, meet the standards and performances? You know, are you the best person you could possibly be? No, we're here. We're talking about evil and how to overcome evil that is trying yeah. to wither us. I don't think it's a parallel text. There's other meanings for it. But I think about when Jesus walks up to that tree and he curses it right? Do you remember? I think it's in one of the Gospels. Yeah, he's on um, his way to Jerusalem yes. for his own death. Help me remember, is the tree not blooming when it's supposed to, or is it... Yeah, he, well, Jesus expected fruit anyway, and the disciple was kind of bewildered because he didn't think it was in season for it to bear fruit. Yes, and I just think about that passage and how, like, there are also some really serious warnings in Scripture about, um, you know, faith without works is dead. And yeah. I just think about that, like how in other passages, you know, there will be some at the end that say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, you know, go away from me. I never knew you. Right. You know, and even though they did miracles. Right. Not fruit, but miracles, signs right. of wonders. Right. We fed people in your fruit. name. Right. Yeah. Right. And I just think <clears throat> about those are really sobering passages, you know? And I, I think there's another passage, I think it's in First John, maybe, but it says, examine yourselves, know that you are saved. And I, I don't think that it does us well to worry whether we are saved or not, but I do think that we should examine ourselves, we should invite the Holy Spirit to examine us. Yeah, you know? yeah. going back to that tree as before you know his death, he, he, he expects fruit, and, and it's not there, and he expects it, even though the disciples are a little bit bewildered. But... What's obvious is that his word is effectual. So mm-hmm. Jesus says that he curses the tree. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? The tree withers. So the words of God take effect, which brings us back to this passage where yes. it says, you know, meditate on the word yes. day and night. And this is the word that is going to bring fruit into right. our lives. So let's talk about a couple of things, Shana. Talk mm-hmm. to me about <clears throat> delight. Yes. Talk to me about meditating. Talk to me about uh, being planted. Yes. Another thing that um, I love <laughs> I love about scripture, I love about our God, is as much as it's so sobering to think about, am I bearing fruit? <laughs> what if I'm not? Right? And I think Darren comments on this in the sermon too, like, what should we do? Just try harder, right? But that's not what scripture teaches us is that God is the one who changes us. You know, we, we, we don't have a works-based salvation. And so Darren says, you know, how do we pursue it? How do we pursue this, this change, this fruit, this blessing? And he comments on uh, verse one and two, which again is, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. He goes into this really helpful analogy where he says, blessedness happens not in boot camp, but in your daydreaming, right? He talks about how, and we do this all the time, we, as humans, we want a quick fix, like a get rich quick scheme. Like, I really would like to just stop doing this bad habit, or I'd really like this change to take place in me. So I'm going to go to a boot camp or a conference, and I'm just going to like drink from the fire hose, and maybe that'll really change me. But he says it's actually in your daydreaming. And he actually gives, Darren gives um, contexts like, like in the shower or when you're sitting in traffic or when you're at the gym, you know, and your your thoughts kind of wander to these various things. And he says, that is a form of meditating, you know? D- Darren also um, gave this, um, 
this anecdote where, you know, he's had various seasons in his life where, you know, he'll wake up early and he'll read scripture, but then he'll go, you know, about his day and he'll realize that his thoughts didn't wander back to that text at all, you know? And I just find that to be so relatable. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just endlessly frustrated with myself because I will go about my day and I'll wake up and I'll take the dog out and I'll get on a res ready for school and I'll pack all the lunches and I'll get out the door and I'll sit in traffic. And it's just like this endless thing. And, you know, I feel like my life, it's like a camera <laughs> that just is my whole day is done in one shot. There's no mm. rest. There's no downtime. It just go, 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 go. And I experience like all this fatigue. And then I get to the end of the day and, you know, I feel that twinge that's like, you should read your Bible. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't even like, I think I went to the bathroom like maybe one time today. <laughs> like I haven't like stopped, you know? And so when he mm. mentions how that also he experiences that too. I just find a lot of relief in that I'm not alone in that. But I also just his his observation of meditating can happen even for young moms like me who work full time. If I can find a way to rely on God more deeply where even when I'm in the midst of like 30 different things at the same time, somehow like if my thoughts wander back to God, that's that's meditating on him. Hmm. That's delighting in his law. That's in, that is encouraging because most of us feel guilty that we didn't read the book of Romans last week, <laughs> right. you know, or open up the scripture every day. You right. know? And we always are apologizing for how much we're not reading the Bible. But if something captures our imaginations and, and we daydream about it, yeah. um, you know, so we have to be snapped out of that almost. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's kind of carrying us uh, in these pause moments of life. I'm thinking, of, as you talk about daydreaming, I'm thinking about when did Jesus daydream? And mm. like, it's not fun to daydream about the law, like a bunch of rules. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I right. can't imagine right. we're sitting there thinking about, I don't know, what was number 42, law number 42. Right, right, right. You know? But Jesus, he kind of mentions or hints at what he's daydreaming about. He As he's going to Jerusalem, he's like, you know, like a hen gathers its chicks. Yeah. You know, this is the image in his mind of how much he loves um, the people and how much he wanted to gather them to himself. Yeah. And that, that imagery of gathering these people um, was in his mind. Right. And like when we are meditating on God, it's not, you know, it's not just an abstract concept or like a dead language, you know, like he's like the living God, you know, and when we meditate on him, he's with us, you know, like, like Darren mentioned at the end of the sermon, how he, he knows our way intimately. And we hear, we hear David describe like being in love, delighting in God's law and how he thinks about it all day long, you know? And I think about that, there's that one song we sing in church and it says, his commandments then become their happy choice. Yeah. You talk to a lot of seminary students and a lot of them are just dread learning Hebrew mm. and Greek. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. uh, I love Jesus, but do we really have to learn this right. language? There's even discussions like, do we, I mean, is this even relevant? Right. <laughs> and, uh, but I had a conversation with Mary Kay, Sam's wife, and she's a teacher, uh, mm. middle school and high school students, mm. but we just got to talking and she is learning Hebrew. Oh, cool. She's not a seminary student, but she's yeah. she's learning Hebrew. Yeah. And she just, she said it just to help her enjoy the word more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. That you is know, really like cool. she's doing it because she loves it and yes. loves the word yeah. and wants to love it the way it was written originally. Darren does say like a prescription of three things that we can do to mm-hmm. bring the discipline to delight. Mm-hmm. He, I love that he said, when you invest in a community group and you, you know, go to someone's house, it's going to be awkward for six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I think that's true. I think about six months is how I, right. <laughs> but now I'm starting to bond with the guys and it's like, yeah, 
I bond very slowly. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm starting to really get into my friendships with my, you know, just taking interest what they're interested in and yeah. caring about the, their struggles, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> so it's gone from awkwardness to friendship to now brotherhood, you know? Mm-hmm. And then another one he mentions is approaching scripture as God directly speaking to you. Right. So you wake up and you read something and you're like, that's not just the letter out there in the middle. It's not, it's just a Facebook post. <laughs> that was a message yeah. to you directly. Rob, this morning, I wanted to tell you X, Y, Z. Right. The third thing he says is, and I kind of put it in my own words, is don't consume, but be connected. Be part of the conversation. Yeah. The idea of, you know, we're just consuming information all the time, mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. it's different when we're having a conversation with God. Yes. So, you know, Shana, our desire for this Iron Cast is that it would really prepare people's hearts for worship. And so in this last few minutes, uh, that's that's my hope, that people would begin to think about Sunday's coming and this time of worshiping the God who is worthy, the one who holds my heart, a stone that it is, softening it, softening it, softening it, so I can receive the nutrients so that I can then bear fruit. So we need to segue into one last tree. And this tree is the the tree that Christ dies on the cross, uh, that he is, he becomes a curse uh, for us so that we don't have to uh, be the, the one that's chopped down and thrown into the fire that there, because of him, we can be fruitful. So, uh, as we, as you think about that tree, Shana, you know, you and I were talking about, um, Jesus's kind of last words, share those, you know, those thoughts with us. So in John chapter 15, uh, it talks about, um, Jesus makes a metaphor for us and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Ironcast listeners, there you have it. Christ loves you. As he loves the Father, Jesus loves you. So you are loved. Prepare your heart for worship this Sunday. Prepare, let us prepare our hearts for prayer on January, Wednesday the 29th. We invite you out. It's going to be a great evening. Um, and gather together and just to lift our hearts, our, the cry of our hearts to a Father and, and, and Christ who love us. So see you in a couple weeks.